Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, our Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you for the provisions of redemption. We thank you for the blessed gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for redemption. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for your blessed, precious promises. Glory to God. Thank you for your word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for utterance today. Thank you for strength and wisdom. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for those who are in authority. Glory to God in our nation. Hallelujah. For every man and woman, every elected official, everyone that's appointed, all who have authority. Father, that your hand would be upon them that you would watch over them, give direction, move in such a way, Father, cause things to happen. Father, that ought to happen, glory to God. Move in the political realm. Move in that realm, Father, to, to bring about your plan for the church, glory to God. Oh, that the gospel would be preached, that people's hearts would be open and receptive to the truth of the word of God. We thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Go with me to Acts chapter 22. Hallelujah. A few weeks ago, we began a series on Sunday morning entitled Hearing God's, Knowing God's Will and Hearing God's Voice. And I took the title from this verse, Acts 22, verse number 14. Then Jesus said, the, uh, or he said, the God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. Notice God has chosen us that we should know his will. Amen. And then over in Ephesians chapter five, we read this scripture. So we'll look at it again. Ephesians chapter five, verse number 17. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Amen. Not the will of your spouse, the will of the Lord. Amen. And then, and then going back to the book of Romans in chapter 12, hallelujah. Verse number two says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or discern what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we see from these scriptures, these three, and of course there are others, but these three scriptures are enough to make it uh, very clear that it's the will of God that we know his will for our lives. And if you think about it for a minute, anything other than that would be illogical. Because if he has a will for our lives, it would be uh, ridiculous for him not to will that we would know his will. Isn't that right? No, God has a plan for all of us. He, all, he wants all of us to walk in his plan, not only to know it, but to follow his plan. Amen. God's not hiding his will from us. 
God's not hiding his plan for your life from you. He's not hiding his will from you. Amen. Because we see that it's his will that you know it. Well, if it's his will that you know it, then he's not hiding it from you. Amen. Glory to God. The problem is most people are looking the wrong way to try to find his will. They're looking the wrong way for direction. It's sort of like looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for love in all the wrong places, what are you gonna find? What you'll find sometimes are, is a counterfeit for love. You'll find something that might feel a little bit like love and might, and might sound a little bit like love and might be enough to convince you for a short period of time, but in the end, it doesn't turn out so good. Isn't that right? Well, the same thing is true when people are looking for direction from God, but they're not looking in the right place. They're looking in the wrong place. Well, you can be deceived and you can find a counterfeit, something that seems to be God's will, that seems like God's moving, that seems like the direction of the Lord, but in the end, it doesn't pay off. Amen. Because the Lord is giving direction according to his way, not our way. Amen. God has a way of directing his children. Amen. We pointed out that God doesn't move, you know, uh, direct his children through the circumstances of life. That's not how he moves. He doesn't direct his children through feelings. He doesn't direct his children through, uh, you know, open doors and closed doors and all of those sorts of things. He doesn't give direction through fleeces. I, I know whenever I was just a little kid, I sensed it was at a time in my life, and I'm not sure exactly when this was, exactly how old I was, but I was young uh, before my teenage years. It was sometimes, uh, sometime between you know, 9, 11, 12 years old, somewhere in that, in that area. Uh, I, I, I was responding to uh, the move of God in the church and really wanting to dedicate my, my heart and my life to the Lord you know, afresh and really drawing close to God. And I had this sense that God was calling me to preach, that I was gonna be a preacher. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to, to do God's will, but at the same time, that didn't appeal to me very much because I, I had never seen anything in, uh, in the lives of the ministers that made me want to, to have that kind of a lifestyle. And, uh, and so, you know, I didn't really want to, but I wanted to, I wanted to do God's will. So I, I knew this even at that young age that if, if, I'm, if I'm supposed to be a preacher, then I need to know it. I mean, this is not something to fool around with and I need to know because I'm gonna have to really dedicate myself and really you know, shape up and, and, and make sure that I follow God's plan. But I, I wasn't sure, so I put out a fleece. And uh, of course, a fleece, if you're not familiar with that, if you're not from uh, the kind of religious circles that practice that, uh, but I'd heard about it all of my life. And it's taken from the book of Judges, sixth chapter of Judge, Judges, you know, Gideon. God was calling him to deliver the children of Israel from the Midianites and, and uh, he sensed God's direction, but he wasn't really sure. But you remember, Gideon didn't have the Holy Spirit in him. The Spirit of God came upon him to complete the task that God gave him, but he didn't have the Holy Spirit in him. And so he tested the Lord. He said, here's what I'll do. He said, if you're behind this, if you're really gonna deliver the children of Israel through my hand, he said, I'm gonna put this piece of fleece, this piece of skin out on the ground. And he said, I, and, and if, it's, if this is your will, if this is you moving upon me, in the morning, I want the ground to be dry all around and the fleece to be wet with dew, but dry everywhere else. 
So he got up in the morning, went out, and sure enough, the ground was dry everywhere, but the skin, that fleece, was just full of water, and he just wrung water out of it. And uh, he said, okay, uh, I'm gonna test you one more time. Just let's make sure. You know, wouldn't, wouldn't that be enough? But he said, Let, let's make sure. So he said, I'm gonna put a fleece out in the morning and I want it to be dry and I want the ground to be covered in dew and the fleece dry. Next morning he got up, the ground was covered with dew, the fleece was dry. He said, okay, I can, I, I'm smart enough to understand that. You are calling me. This is your plan. I am following your will for my life. Well, see, in our particular uh, church group, you know, we heard about putting out fleeces. And even as a little boy, I wouldn't have known that scripture necessarily or where that was in the Bible, but I just picked this up from, from my parents and other people, you know, religious people I knew. And here's what I said, Lord, I, I, this was on a Sunday night. And I said, here's what I'll do. God, if you're calling me to preach, I'm gonna get up from the altar and I'm gonna go back three or four rows and sit down and I'm just gonna stay inside uh, while all the adults are finishing up at the altar and, and people are you know, talking. And, and, uh, and see, that wasn't my custom. You know, as a little kid after church, we'd all go outside and play. You know, I was just a little boy and I had friends at church and after church we'd go outside and, and uh, in front of the building was paved all the way to the side, you know, to the curb and uh, up and down in front of the main building and the educational buildings on the side. And uh, us little kids, we would get out there and just, and play. You know, just hang out, do stuff. Sometimes we'd, you know, hide in the bushes from one another, you know, in the shrubs and we'd get corrected, you know. And, and uh, I, I wasn't a bad kid. But at the same time, I, I like to play tricks on people and I like to do things, you know, not, not real evil, but, you know, just a kid, mischievous kind of things. And in our church, we had something that, that I think is a really pretty good idea. But in our church, everybody felt like it was okay to correct everybody else's kids. I mean, if you were there and you got out of line, any parent around would call you down. And of course... You know, the ones that, that were the, the most, that had the greatest tendency to call people down, they didn't call their own kids down too much. And I heard about that at home. I heard my mom say, well, yeah, brother jump, you know, he calls you down, but I see Dale running around doing all this stuff, you know, his son. But uh, so, you know, everybody's parents would correct everybody, you know, and so I, I had kind of a reputation of, you know, I needed correcting sometimes. <laughs> But this particular time, I decided I'll get up from the altar. And I told the Lord this. I said, I'm going to go back instead of sitting, you know, going to the back where I normally sat with my friends. Of course, they were all outside. I said, I'm going to go back to about third or fourth row. And I'm just going to sit on the end seat there. And I'm just going to sit here quietly. And if this is you leading me, I want three people, three separate people to come up, adults on their way out, come up and just pat me on the shoulder and say, Edwin Anderson, you'd make a good preacher. Now that would be that would be historic. I mean, that's just not something that would happen because I I I didn't in my in my mind I didn't think I fit the profile, you know, of a kid who people would think would be going into the ministry, and so uh, and I thought not one person. I want three separate people. So I sat there on the third or fourth row and just sat there. And the adults got up from the altar and they fellowshiped with one another and gradually everybody went. Finally, I was the last person in the house. And I thought, whoo-hoo, uh, that's my answer. I put a fleece out and, and God didn't move in this, in this supernatural way, so I'm clear, I'm free, I'm not gonna be a preacher. 
Well, see, I missed God completely because he was dealing with me about this, but I put, I put a fleece out and according to my fleece, he wasn't dealing with me and I missed the plan of God. Now, had I followed his plan at that young age, I'm absolutely certain there would have been a lot of things different in my life as I grew up from then on. Because, you know, I backslid a number of times. And, uh, and I, didn't, I didn't always follow the plan of God and didn't, didn't always have the same heart for him and to do his will and to know and love him like, like I had at other times. But, but if I had known that this was his will for my life, I, 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 there's a good chance I would have continued to dedicate myself and follow after him in a more consecrated way. So I missed the plan of God and it set me back a number of years. Amen. It, I was 26, 25 years old before I really accepted the fact that God had called me to minister. So all that time, you see, I didn't make any advancement spiritually. And I should have been making advancement. I should have been growing. Amen. No, God doesn't lead by these sorts of things. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. God has a better way of leading his children. Hallelujah. In Romans chapter eight, verse 14, it says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. What this is saying is all who are led by the Spirit are children of, sons of, uh, children of God or sons of God. One translation, the Canterbury translation, in fact, says something like this. It says, for all, uh, all those who are led by God's Spirit and those alone are sons of God. See, God has a unique way of leading his children that's not available to the world. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, the, the world neither sees him nor knows him, referring to the spirit. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So the world isn't led by the spirit. Now, when I say led by the spirit, I'm talking about being led in, in the affairs of life. Now, certainly we know from, from John 16 that the Holy Spirit leads the sinner to Christ. We know that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. I'm talking about leading them in the daily affairs of life. The Holy Spirit isn't leading the sinner because, well, look at it this way. What is it about the believer? What is it that's different about us than those who are in the world as it pertains to God's being able to lead us? What, what, what is it about us that's different? Well, our spirits have been born again. We have the life and nature of God in our spirits and the Holy Spirit is in us. If he, was, if he was not going to lead us on the inside, then he would have to lead us the same way he, he would lead anybody else. 
If he was, in other words, if he's gonna lead us by outward circumstances, there wouldn't be any difference in us in the world. He could lead the world that way because God is just as much around and, and about uh, people in the world as he is believers. He's just as much on the outside of me and you as he is the people you know who aren't saved. No, the difference is he's in us and he's not in them. Well, because he's in us and not in them, that's the difference. That's the difference in how he's gonna lead us. He leads us on the inside because that's where he is. Amen. He's in us. Glory to God. So we don't have to look to circumstances around us. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it says in John chapter 16, look there for a moment. John chapter 16. Verse number 12, Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Well, well, when was he talking about? He was talking about while he was still here in his earthly ministry before his death, burial, and resurrection. He said, you can't bear them now. Well, when you talk about now, You'll, you'll always think about then. You know, when, what other time would they be able to bear? Well, after the Holy Spirit's come. Isn't that right? He said, when he, the spirit of truth has come, that's when you'll be able to receive those things from me. He said, I have yet many things to say to you. He still has many things to say to us and we can bear it or receive it now. Amen. Well, if we can now, that means that there would have been a time when we couldn't. What, what would be that time? When we were unsaved. When, and that means when we didn't have his spirit in us. Isn't that right? So people in the world, they're not receiving the things of the Lord Jesus Christ because they don't have the Holy Spirit. That's how Jesus, that's how God the Father imparts to us his will is through his spirit that's on the inside. Now he said, you, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, thank God, the Holy Spirit is a person. He is a divine person. There are three people, three individual persons in the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And they're each one separate and distinct from one another. And yet at the same time, they're all one. Can you say, can you explain that to me? No, not yet. <laughs> but I know it's true according to the word of God. So the Holy Spirit isn't some kind of a feeling or an influence or, or, or something like that. It's, it's, he's a person. When he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said, he will take of mine and declare it. He, he'll declare it to you. Well, how does he, how does he speak? How does he declare? Well, in, let's go back to Romans chapter eight. And we have the answer. Romans chapter eight, 
We looked at verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And like the Canterbury translation said, all those who are led by His Spirit and none other, none others, no one else, just those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So this is a unique way he, he leads us. What's, well, how does he do that? How does he speak? Well, verse 16 gives us the answer. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. He bears witness with our spirit because that's where he is. He, he, he's in our spirit. Now, uh, we talked about this, about what this inward witness is. And in the Greek, the original Greek, it says he bears joint testimony with our spirit. It's, uh, it's not, the inward witness isn't a voice speaking to you. It's, it's not words that come to you. It's just an inward intuition, an inward knowing, either to go forward and do something or to not do something. And again, the inward witness isn't a voice and it's not, you don't hear words or anything. It's just a, a, an inward knowing. You remember in, in, the, in the book of Acts chapter 27 when Paul was aboard the ship, you know, as a prisoner and he was en route to Rome and the uh, uh, officers and the, and, the, and the crew and the, and the captain of the ship and everyone, they, were, they had determined to, to set sail and Paul stood up and said, uh, I perceive, he said, we should not sail now because I perceive that if we go ahead and sail now and, and because the time, there was a certain time for sailing and then because of the, of the uh, 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 season, it, it would have been better to wait until better weather. And he said, I perceive that if we sail now, uh, we, this, this uh, journey will end in disaster and a great catastrophe and a loss not only of the ship and its cargo, but also of our lives. Well, he didn't say, the Lord told me. He, he didn't say, you know, the Lord spoke to me. He said, I perceive. Well, they went ahead and sailed anyway. They thought, well, we can go ahead and get this in and, and at least make this first leg of our journey and we'll, and we'll spend the winter somewhere else instead of right here. And so they set out and the rest of the story is, you know, a great tempest and terrible storm, storm began, to blow, began to blow. And in fact, uh, the ship and all of its cargo was lost. Only thing is because, you know, God's hand was upon Paul, God gave him his salvation, his physical salvation, and then all of those who were sailing with him. So no one's life was lost, but uh, they all had to swim ashore, you know, and float on little pieces of, of broken up ship. I mean, it was a total disaster, except for there was no loss of life. Well, he, he, all he had was a perception. He just perceived it. Amen. That's the number one way God leads us in life as Christians. The number one way, the most common way is just by an inward witness. And see, that's where he is. Amen. And so we have to learn to listen to our spirit and grow sensitive to what our spirit is saying to us. Because all of us have had situations where something happened 
and that, that, was, that didn't turn out very good, some type of, a, of situation developed that either cost you money or, or time or something. And how many of you have said, you know, I knew, I knew that I should have done such and such and this could have been avoided, I just, I, but I didn't do it. Why? Well, that's because we get busy. This past week, I got in my truck one day, my SUV, and, and turned it on, and, and uh, just the, 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 there was a, a perception, just a sense, not, not a voice, not words, but I just seemed to know, you need to check your battery. Well, the, the truck didn't hesitate. I mean, it, you turned the key, it just fired right up. The amperage gauge, you know, looked normal, you know, like it was charging. It hadn't indicated, it hadn't done anything to indicate that the battery was going bad. But I just, in my spirit, I just, I had this sense. You need to check, not a word, but I just had, a, had a, an intuition. You need to check your battery. Well, I dismissed that because the truck's running fine. It hasn't stalled, hasn't done anything. Well, this morning, I go out to get in my, in my SUV to come to church. I turn the key. It doesn't even turn over. Click, 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 click. Click, 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 click. <laughs> and then I remembered, yeah, I knew that. I knew that this week, earlier in the week in time to get another battery. But you know, I reasoned that out and I thought, no, there's nothing wrong with my truck. There's nothing wrong with the battery. It's cranking fine. I, Pastor Angela was already out in the church. I had to call her this morning and say, come back here and pick me up and bring me to church. Well, that's an example of how the Spirit will lead us, but we have to, we have to be listening and, and follow those prompts. Many times it's nothing but a prompt on the inside. And it's the Holy Spirit. In the simplest things of life, he'll give direction if we'll just be sensitive to our inward man. And like I said, I was sensitive enough to my Spirit that I picked it up. But then with my natural mind, I, I rationalized and reasoned it and just said, no, there's nothing wrong. That's, you know, there's nothing wrong with my truck. I'll be fine. Well, you know, three or four days later, I've gotten a dead battery. Well, praise God. It wasn't anything bigger than that. But sometimes there are things very, very serious and very costly in life. Amen. I know Pastor Angela got a speeding ticket one time. And she said just before she got that speeding ticket, she just knew on the inside of her, she had a check. You're going too fast. You need to slow down. And she was in a hurry. It's two o'clock in the morning. Where were you at? You were in Ocala. But was I with you? Oh, I was asleep. Okay. We were coming back from one of Brother Hagen's meetings in Lakeland. And she was going through Ocala and it was in a construction zone. Two o'clock in the morning, there's nobody working. And uh, she was going too fast. And she just sensed, not, a, not any words spoken to her, she just sensed, you better slow down a little bit. Well, she didn't a few minutes later, blue lights. And it cost her. Because she was in a construction zone, it cost her twice as much. <laughs> well, praise God for the, for the inward witness. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, the inward witness is the number one way he leads. And then the second way is very close to it. And, and 
The second way he leads us is the inward voice. We call it the still small voice. And it's the voice of your own spirit. When, when you receive direction from that still small voice, words will be spoken. And a lot of times we say, well, the Lord said this and the Lord said that. And in one sense, yes. Because he's the one behind it. He's the one that spoke it to our spirit and then our spirit man spoke it into our conscious mind. And so we say the Lord said it. But technically, it wasn't the Lord we heard, it was our own spirit. And you'll just hear words of direction. And... uh these two are the most, by far, of all the other ways, these two are the most, uh, most always, this is the way the Spirit of God's gonna lead you. Now, when, when so that you can kind of better understand what our responsibility is, when the Holy Spirit wants to give direction, when he wants to give direction to your, to your, to your spirit, and he, and he speaks something into your spirit. Let's just freeze it right there. Just freeze the transaction right there. That just doesn't happen this way, but let's freeze it. God has now revealed something to your spirit, given direction. Stop it right there. You won't feel that. You don't feel anything. Because he's not in your body per se, that's not where, now we know our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, but the reason our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit is our body is the temple of our own spirit. Our body is the house, the tent, the tabernacle, the, tent, the temple of our body, of our spirit, man. The Holy Spirit is in our spirit. When he bears witness with your spirit, stop right there for a moment, just in, in analyzing this, you don't feel anything. He didn't bear witness with your, with your feelings. He, he you, you, uh, when God's directing you, you don't feel it. You don't suddenly get warm all over. You, you don't, your hands don't tingle. You, you're, you're, you don't get goosebumps. You, you wouldn't feel that. There would be no reaction in your body whatsoever if God just spoke a word to your spirit. You, you, your body wouldn't feel anything. And your natural mind would not hear it because he didn't speak it to your natural mind. Spoke it into your spirit. So if you freeze that right there, God has revealed it to your inward man, but you don't know it. You don't know it. Because again, you don't feel it and you don't think it. It's not in your mind. It's just in your spirit. But what happens if you, if you let this go, when, when the spirit speaks to your inward man, your inward man then transmits that to your natural mind. But you have to be aware, you have to be listening. How many of you know there are a lot of voices in, in this world? And our minds receive thoughts from all sorts of places. Isn't that right? I mean, you have thoughts coming into your mind all the time, just from the, just from the natural world that we live in, the things that we're, whatever we're doing, whatever we're encountering, what, whatever we're, we're, we're uh, doing, thoughts about that, things are coming into our mind. We're analyzing and computing and thinking. You have a lot of stuff coming into your mind. Well, it's easy 
when, when you're mentally engaged like that, it's, e- it's, it's, it's not easy. Let me put this in another sense. It's not necessarily easy to pick up that your spirit's trying to say something to you. You have to purpose to quieten your mind down from the thoughts that are going wrong out here and listen in here. When I got into the, to the truck this week, my, my mind was quiet. And when I, when I cranked up the, or tr- cranked up the vehicle, I just sensed that. Because I really wasn't thinking about anything else. And I, and I, and I picked that up. You need to check this battery. And that, that was just, just that simple. But see, my, it came up out of here. It, it didn't come from anywhere else because I didn't have any other stimulus. So nothing about my vehicle sounded funny. It didn't look like the gauge was good. I had no other warning and I hadn't thought about how long I, I still haven't even looked at the book. I don't know how old the battery is, uh, but uh, it's gone <laughs> this morning. Suddenly it just, it just not, it didn't do anything. But see, your, the Holy Spirit speaks in your spirit and then your spirit will transmit that to your natural mind, but you have to be listening or else you won't hear it. And that still small voice, that's exactly what it is. It's the still small voice. It's not, it's not real loud. Now, if you're in a situation where uh, it's real, real important, sometimes that inward witness can be a little stronger Sometimes it's almost like a, 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 a warning bell. Just all of a sudden you just, you sense danger and it's a little stronger because God in his mercy, you know, if we're about to get into a really, really bad situation, you know, he, he'll, he'll turn that up. But still, if you're not, if you haven't, uh, if you're not a praying person and you don't spend time with the Lord and you don't spend time in his presence, you'll just go right on past those things and never even pick them up. And you can't say God wasn't trying to warn you because he was. Amen. Well, glory to God. We, we have to grow sensitive to these things. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and you know, we have, there's several things we can do. One thing we need to do is keep a tender heart towards God. Go with me to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. In Ephesians 4, let's start in verse 29. Verse 29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed from the day, for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away with you, from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Notice he said, don't, don't let corrupt words and, and, and things come out of your mouth. He said, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Be tenderhearted. Be kind and compassionate and forgiving and thoughtful and forbearing. And if, you, if you're not, if you're judgmental 
and, and you just let any old thing fly out of your mouth and you hold grudges and, and you're not, and you're not uh, gracious towards people. He said that grieves the spirit. Well, if the Holy Spirit is grieved, it, when we grieve him, sometimes he'll just leave us alone. In fact, there's another passage over in uh, first, it's first or second Timothy. Yeah, first Timothy chapter four. First Timothy chapter four. Verse one says, the spirit expressly says that in the latter time, times some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. See, if you, if you continue to grieve the spirit, you're, you're grieve the Holy Spirit, your own heart, your own conscience, your own spirit can be seared. And that means you, you have so grieved the spirit of God and dulled your own uh, uh, spirit man down to where that the spirit of God can't get through to you at all. You, you don't want to get into that kind of a situation. That's a very dangerous place to be. And, and if you find yourself in that situation, then trouble is just around the corner. And you're going to have a lot of heartache and a lot of sorrow, even though you're a Christian, and people who don't know the word of God and who aren't informed about the things, they'll say, well, you know, I don't know why, why something like that happened to old Joe. He's such a good old boy. I mean, he, you know, it's just a good, he loves God. Why did that happen to him? Well, you know, I just know all, everything has a purpose in life. And God, you know, he knows what he's doing. But it, God didn't have anything to do with it. See, we don't know. We don't know. Did, was that person listening? Or had they developed a lifestyle? Had they gone through life just not, not heeding the word of God? You know, just having any old kind of bad attitude they wanted to have? Just, you know, uh, you know we all get promptings from our flesh. <laughs> I mean, how long ago in your life, how long ago has it been that you just felt like telling somebody what you thought? I mean, somebody did something and, and that came into your mind. I know what I'll do. I'll just march in there and I'll just tell them what I think. And then you rehearse it in your mind and you have so much fun. You're thinking about how I'll say it and I'll just be so crafty and witty and I'll just put them in their place and just cut them down to size. And you get it and you just, you just enjoy thinking about it and you're planning it and how, and, and how they're gonna react and how you're gonna walk away with the trophy. And <laughs> I guess nobody else has ever done that but me. But you see, if you, if you practice doing that and, and, and always responding from your flesh, you, the, the Holy Spirit will be grieved and you can come to a place where your conscience is so seared that the Spirit of God can't get through to you. No, we need to do the opposite. We, we don't just need to, to try not to do those things. We, we need to be proactive. We need to be developing a sensitivity. 
not just leaving it to chance. Well, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm not too bad and I don't tell people off too often and, 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 and I generally treat people good and watch what I say. That's not enough. We need to develop. We need to go over on the other side and, and actively develop a sensitivity to our inward man. Learning to listen, learning to be quick, not, not thick-headed like I was this week. You know, fixed gold and just, you know, not taking the time. I just didn't, I just didn't want to take the time and, it, and it, I just discounted it because it, it didn't, it didn't uh, agree with what I saw in the natural. So I missed it. Wasn't a, a big thing, but uh, it, it could be. Amen. No, glory to God. We need to, we need to keep a, a tender heart. Praying in the spirit is so important in developing uh, an ear for the inward man. Because when you're praying in the spirit, if you're just the least bit sensitive at all, you, you'll sense where that's coming from. That's not coming out of your mind. Those words aren't coming from your conscious mind and from your reasoning. They're coming from somewhere else. If you'll, if you'll just pay attention when you're praying in the spirit, you can sense they're coming up from down here somewhere, from the inside of you. Well, the more you pray, I used to do this. I used to pray in the spirit and I would, per, I would put my hand on my inward man and I would just pray in the spirit and, and purposely just focus my attention down to where those words were coming from. And I did that for a long, long time just to, just to develop, uh, it helped me develop an awareness an awareness of my spirit, uh, that my natural mind, my natural mind was growing accustomed to listening down here. What's going on in here? And see, we can develop that by praying in the spirit. Amen. And there are some other things we can do, we'll get to. And, and so those two ways, the inward witness and the inward voice is, is the way God leads his children. Now, in, on rare occasions, rare occasions, sometimes, the Holy Spirit will actually do something in the natural, you know, and deal with a person's flesh and a Christian, you know, but in those situations, it's because, you know, that person is so uh, uh, unresponsive that that's the only way that God can get through to it. Sometimes he will, but, the, but if you go through life waiting on those things, you'll miss God's plan you'll miss God's plan completely for your life. If you wanna know what God's will is, develop a sensitivity to your spirit. The third way that God leads all of us is by the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking. Now, when the, when the Spirit of God witnesses with your spirit and your spirit uh, uh, in joint testimony witnesses that to your mind, the inward witness or the inward voice, that is God leading you. And, and sometimes, you know, I will say, talking to somebody, well, the Lord said this, the Lord said that. And, and uh, we, need to, we need to clarify these things. It's okay to say that because that inward voice of my own spirit picked that up from the Holy Ghost. And so the Lord was saying that to me, but it, technically it was my spirit. But then there are times when the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit himself, will actually speak to you. This doesn't happen so often. This is, this is not the, the most common way by far. But there are times when the Holy Spirit himself will speak, and when the Holy Spirit speaks, you'll know it. It, it'll, it'll, it won't get crowded out by other things. 
When the Holy Spirit speaks, it's very powerful, very authoritative, and it sort of shakes you a little bit. And it doesn't matter what's on your mind at the time. When the Holy Spirit speaks, it'll pierce right through those things and, and it'll stop you right in your tracks. And you'll know the Spirit of God spoke to me. So, well, can you describe it anymore? No, not really. But when, when it happens to you, you'll know it. You, you won't wonder, hmm, wonder if that was the Lord, that thought I had. No, you'll, 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 you'll know the Spirit of God spoken to you. And so he does from time to time speak. Go over to Acts again, Acts chapter 10. Sometimes the inward witness can be a little vague. The inward witness, like I said, is not words. It's more of a sense of something you should do or shouldn't do. But and the, inward, and the inward voice of your own spirit actually gives you words, but it's not real descriptive. When the Holy Spirit speaks, he's really plain and he gives very clear direction. Notice in Acts chapter 10, you know that Peter, uh, after Cornelius had, had seen his vision and uh, the, Lord had, uh, the angel had appeared to Cornelius and said, send to, to Joppa, to, to uh, Peter, uh, and so those men uh, went on their way to, to, to find Peter. It says the next day as they went on their journey, drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. You ever wanted to eat when you were supposed to pray? <laughs> See, he's just a natural man. just like everybody else. He, he uh, went up there to pray, but he became very hungry and wanted to eat. While they made ready, he fell into a trance. See, he wasn't being real spiritual at the time. He, he uh, went up to pray, but he said, no, I'm hungry. So apparently he sent word down for them to fix him something to eat. So he, was, he wasn't necessarily in the spirit. He was in the flesh and he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and let down to earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. Now this was done three times and the object was taken up into heaven again. Now, so he's not in a trance anymore. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, he's still up on the roof, the spirit said to him, behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Can you see here when the Spirit speaks, it's very clear, it's very plain, it's very direct, and you know what he says. He, he was wondering, he, had a, he fell into a trance. That's the highest form of their three different levels of visions. And, and, and he, the trance actually is the second level. He, it's, but it's, a very, it's, it's more than just the average vision. He was in a trance. And he saw this, this powerful vision. But notice, 
he was wondering in himself about the vision. The vision was from God, but he's wondering about it. He still didn't know what it meant, but when the Holy Spirit spoke, it was very clear. He knew exactly what it meant. Now, the Holy Spirit spoke so that he would know because he was wondering about the vision. The Holy Spirit spoke to give direction so that he would know what the vision was about. Some, some folks are always talking about their dreams and visions and they're always looking for somebody to tell them what it meant. Well, if, if you don't, you know, if it's from the Lord, he'll let you know what it meant. And if he doesn't let you know, it wasn't from the Lord. That's simple, isn't it? Well, I just had this dream the other night, three weeks ago, and I just, I'm wondering, does it mean this? or does, Just forget about it. He just had a, you just had a weird dream. Because it's, if it's from the Lord, he'll, he'll complete the transaction. While he was wondering about the vision and what it meant, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, three men are seeking you, not five, not two, Three men are seeking you. Go downstairs, go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Now, it's interesting that the, the circumstance surrounding this is real interesting. Because this was not, uh, this wasn't an ordinary thing that, that God was instructing Peter to do. See, the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will speak in a more powerful way than the voice of the Holy Spirit. Whenever something is, is of, of real uh, uh, consequence, sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak this way because you need this more spectacular. See, when the, the inward witness is not, it's supernatural, but it's not spectacular. The inward voice is supernatural, but it's not spectacular. But when the Holy Spirit speaks, it, you're over in the spectacular realm. It's real unusual. And when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's usually because there's something ahead that uh, is of such, will be of such a challenge to you that if the Spirit hadn't spoken in this real supernatural, profound way, you know, you might waver. Well, it was that way with Peter because he was going to be going to the house, uh, to a Gentile's house where he wasn't supposed to go in and eat with Gentiles. Jews didn't go in and eat with Gentiles. He didn't even, Jews didn't even go into their homes. And, and the Holy Spirit said, these men have come, I've sent them, don't doubt it, just go. See, without that word, if he'd have just had an inward witness, if these guys had knocked on the door and said, we're you know, from uh, Cornelius' house, he's a centurion, he had this vision, and an angel spoke to him and said he was supposed to send for you to come bring the words of salvation. Even if Peter had a witness, just an inward witness, and I think this is right, he, he probably would have doubted. Doubt would have probably kept him out of that because he had all of this religious tradition against him. You know, you, it's unlawful to go into a, to a, a Gentile's house. It's, we can't do that. But God moved supernaturally. He had the vision and then the Holy Spirit spoke and said, don't doubt it. Keep your mind out of this and obey well, see, God moved in that powerful way because not only did he have to overcome his tradition to even do it, when he got back to Jerusalem, he got called on the carpet big time. When the, when the other leaders of the church found out that he had gone into a Gentile's house, they brought him up on charges in front of the whole church and said, what do you think you're doing? We heard you went into Gentiles and ate with them. What? 
if, if Peter hadn't had this supernatural uh, visitation from the Lord, he could have folded. If he'd have just had the inward witness, it's very possible he could say, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, you, I, I know the law, what the law says. You guys are right. I repent. Mia, mia, mia copa, that's right. I'm wrong. <laughs> but no, he stood up and said, I had a vision and the Holy Spirit has shown me that we, brethren, are not to call anyone common or unclean. Him, those whom God has cleansed, we're not to call common. God has shown me that he has opened salvation to the Gentiles. That was monumental. So it wasn't just an inward witness that led to the biggest breakout in the church at that time. It was God moving in a supernatural way. So he can do that. Amen. He can do that. It, it's just not, he doesn't, uh, he, the Holy Spirit's not likely to speak in that real authoritative voice, you know, if you're out of popcorn. <laughs> the, you know, go to the store and buy some popcorn. That's not what, what's gonna normally happen. Amen. But thank God, he, we, we're not left alone. The Spirit will lead us in all things, including popcorn if it's important to us, amen? If he'll lead us on, on car batteries, he'll lead us about our food and supplies, amen? Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Did you get anything out of that? Hallelujah, let's stand, praise God. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of God. I'll never leave you alone. I'll never leave you alone. I'll never depart from you. you. I said I would not leave you nor forsake you. That means I won't leave you where your body is concerned. I'll always provide healing for you. I'll not leave you where your finances are concerned. I'll always provide prosperity for you. I'll not leave you where the decisions of life are concerned. I'll always give direction to you because I will be with you and walk with you, manifest myself to you because I live on the inside. So follow my leadings. Follow the voice of the Spirit. Follow that inward witness and be led to victory all the time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, praise God. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.